Welcome to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Mikey are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this very basement, which is full of cursed singing knives, the actual ghosts of Christmas past, an undead clown missing his red nose, and specifically you listening to this podcast right now. Yes, you. Your unpaid phone bills that are stacking up down here. (laughs) I'm Roxy Polk. And I'm Mikey McCaller. Mikey, let's start out, as we always do, uh, with the scariest things that happened to us this week. So what went down in your real life outside the scary basement that has spooked you to your very bones? Roxy, this week, I got really afraid of the Microsoft and Activision merger. Oh, no, that is something to be absolutely terrified about. I should have picked that this week. That is awful. Yes. I'm just like, uh, uh, corporate consolidation makes me scared. Me too. I want to be hired by- They bought Bethesda like last year, and now they're buying Mm -hmm. Blizzard Activision this year. It's uh, a lot. If like, it's the same thing that happened to me when Disney and Fox merged. Like everybody was like, this is a big entertainment thing that's horrible. But I was like, nah, but it'll be kind of cool that now X-Men can be in Marvel movies. (laughs) That's not what it is. And I'm kind of like, uh, it's kind of cool that Microsoft is a much better run studio and will be better. Oh, they definitely are. Like, it'll improve employees' lives and all kinds of other things, I'm sure. Because like, uh, so I know several people who work at Microsoft and they have a pretty good time as far as I know. I've never heard like anything bad. It's just like, you know, normal office stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got like reasonable benefits as far as I know. Yeah. So it'll be nice that the people who work at Activision Blizzard will get, like, a normal standard of working mm-hmm. conditions. <laughs> Should but not be that dang, hard. That is a low it's bar. Just, it's just scary when this looming threat of a completely consolidated oh, yeah. future no, I will hate that eventually so much. wrap us up and we will have to pledge our undying loyalty to Phil Spencer if we want to make a video game. Yeah, he's going to own all the video games and then... Disney owns all of the movies and TV shows, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super yeah, great. That's it. I love well, Dystopia. What's uh what's scaring you, Roxy? Uh so the thing the thing that's scaring me this week is uh also technology related, but way smaller scale. Uh so I back up all of my art files and like photos and text files and podcast files on Dropbox, and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be doing like a sync thing. There's just been a complete and utter mess. So I have to like wipe my computer and Dropbox and just like start over. And like that is going to be at least a day, if not two or three days. And I'm just not looking forward to it. Um, and I, I, this is important because I know a lot of your saved files are the hidden scrolls that can only stop the ancient one if he ever decides to rise again. So you have to be very careful not to lose them. Or yeah. else all will be lost. I'll, I'll make sure to back them up on two hard drives. So, uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll, I will mail you a copy, Mikey, so then I cannot, I can't be the only one accounting for all this shit. You have to share yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Me. Send me a physical Redundancy. copy, and I will, I will also send a physical copy to, uh, the local paper and say, <laughs> only open in case of Rise of the Ancient One. <laughs> and then. And then if anything happens to me or civilization, there'll be proof that it was the ancient one. Yeah, see, we got a two, three-part redundancy plan. I'd say that's pretty uh-huh. safe. <laughs> the world's, smart. world's in safe hands. We're smart people, Mikey. Oh, here he comes, Roxy. Here he is, the demon bot. <gasps> here he is. Greetings, Mikey and Roxy. 
you were assigned the 2022 film Scream aka Scream 5 directed by Matt Bettinelli Alpen and Tyler Gillett and starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. Did you watch the film? I did watch the new Scream. Did you watch it, Roxy? Yes, I went to a theater, a movie theater for the first time in forever, and I watched it. Ooh, did you get any treats? No. <laughs> I got a little hot dog because I forgot to eat all day. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was the last thing they had available. Feel free to begin reviewing the film anytime you are done with this banal conversation. He doesn't like when we get off topic. I mean, I think he's just jealous because he can't eat food the way that we can. So I think he just didn't want to hear about it, honestly. That's true. I remember the other day when you brought in your uh, cheesy gordita crunch and you were just eating it in the corner. And he was like watching you with like his robot hooves pressed into his uh, equally robotic jaw and was just like, hmm. Yeah, he kept sighing and looking at me and I was like, I know what you're trying to do here and I'm not giving it to you. It'll just... It would be a waste. Yes, exactly. He can't digest it. <laughs> it's like give it, giving the demon bot any food is like putting food in the garbage disposal. It's just metal grinds it up and then it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to waste my cheesy gordita crunch that way. <laughs> I am not jealous. I just find your organic mortal need to ingest sustenance disgusting. Patui. Icky. So, Mikey, the movie this week was Scream. Scream. The new one. Scream. The 20, new Scream. 22. Scream 5. Why did they name it this? Uh, just to confuse everybody. Uh, there's a, a deep storyline explanation that I <laughs> am in love with. <laughs> yes, which we uh we will get into. So, how about we... Uh, prep that by doing the plot recap, Mikey. I'd love to. All right. Scream 2022 opens 25 years after the original killings in Woodsboro. Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker teamed up to kill a bunch of their friends to become famous as murderers wearing the ghost face outfit. Now, in the present day, Tara Carpenter is home alone when she is attacked by a new killer wearing the ghost face outfit. But unlike other Scream movies, Tara does not die. She is wounded, but still alive. Tara's older sister, Sam, is informed about the attack by one of Tara's friends, and she and her boyfriend, Richie, immediately drive to the hospital to visit Tara. Sam meets the rest of Tara's friends, Wes, who called her on the phone to tell her about what happened, twins Chad and Mindy, and Liv, who is dating Chad, and then Tara's best friend, Amber. While at the hospital and taking a break to go down some pills, Sam is visited by a vision of Billy Loomis and then immediately attacked by Ghostface. While Sam is attacked, a man across town is killed by Ghostface. Sam survives her attack and tells her sister Tara the truth. She is, Sam is rather, the illegitimate daughter of original Scream killer Billy Loomis. Their mother kept this fact a secret for 13 years, and when Sam found out, so did the man she had thought was her father. This caused him to leave and break up the family. Sam then left town and became estranged from Tara, and her entire family after this revelation. Sam and Richie visit Dewey, who has now quit the police force. He's no longer the sheriff, and he's become a recluse in a sad little shabby trailer. He's also no longer married to Gail and relatively just not doing great. However, while Dewey initially tells Sam and Richie to get lost, he eventually decides to help them, but not before warning both Sydney and Gail not to come to Woodsboro over the phone. Sam, Richie, Dewey, and Tara's friend group meet up. At Chad and Mindy's house. There it is revealed that Chad and Mindy are the niece and nephew of legacy character Randy Meeks. <laughs> so wild. 
<laughs> and the man who was across town and was killed turned out to have been related to Stu Mocker. This means all of the attacks are related to people with connections to the events of the original Scream. Dewey tells them that one of them in the room is the killer, as it's always someone in the friend group who is the killer in the Scream movie. But when all fingers are ultimately pointed at Sam, she gets angry and leaves. Ghostface then murders Wes and his mother, who is Sheriff Judy Hicks from Scream 4. In the aftermath, Dewey and Gail meet up for the first time in years. Gail got a top job in New York, and when Dewey followed her there, he couldn't make it in the big city, got scared, and left. And that's why they're no longer married. Mm. Sam then gets a phone call from Ghostface, forcing her to choose between her sister and her boyfriend, who are both incapacitated at the hospital. Sam and Dewey race there, and then they are able to attack Ghostface in time and incapacitate him. However, when Dewey goes back to shoot the killer in the head to make sure they're dead, he is tragically killed. Ghostface says it was an honor, although Dewey's assistance saved Sam and crew, making it a noble death at the very least. Sydney arrives in town, and she and Gail are heartbroken over Dewey's death. However, Sydney knows what needs to be done. Sam needs to team up with the two of them and take out the killer, because if she doesn't, they'll come after her anyway. Sydney knows how this rodeo is handled. <laughs> Sam wants to prioritize her sister instead and chooses to leave. However, on their way out of town, it's found out that Tara's inhaler is missing. The closest place to get the inhaler is at the BFF Amber's house, so they head over there. Amber's house is party central, folks. <laughs> they are throwing a huge pot party to honor the newly dead Wes, <laughs> which is what I want in my, <laughs> in my Absolutely <laughs> insane. <laughs> when Sam and co. arrive at the party, it ends. Everyone leaves. Chad and Mindy are then stabbed by Ghostface when they're both alone. Sam then finds Mindy, who luckily does not die, but instead passes out. And when the others see her covered in blood, suddenly everyone is pointing fingers at one another to find out who the killer is. This is when Amber pulls out a gun and straight up shoots Liv, revealing herself to be the killer. Chaos ensues. Sydney uses a tracker on Sam's car to find her location. She and Gail now follow them to, a, to the house and learn to their absolute horror that it is Stu Mocker's old house. The house where the original events of Scream 1 ended. Amber feigns being attacked, but it doesn't work. Gail is then shot, and Sydney pursues her into the house. It's then revealed that the second killer is Richie, the boyfriend. He stabs Sam. Richie and Amber then take Sam into the kitchen, like the events of the first movie. And these crazed killers reveal that they are absolutely insane fans of the Stab movies, the in-movie mm -hmm. meta movies about Scream. Uh, they met on a Reddit forum and were disappointed with the direction that the series was going and decided to take matters into their own hands. What these killers want to do is make a new story for new movies to be based off of. And they plan to frame Sam as she is Billy's lost daughter. Just then, Gail shows up and shoots Amber, who falls onto the stove and burns alive. Meanwhile, Sam, while hallucinating her dead father, Billy, finds a knife and gets the upper hand on Richie brutally killing him. A burned Amber, of course, attempts to attack them all, but she is shot to dead for good, this time by Tara. Tara and the Meeks twins are then sent to the hospital. They made it out alive. But before Sam oh. follows her sister to the hospital, she takes a moment to thank Sydney and Gail for their help in the scuffle. Gail says that these killers can die anonymously and that she refuses to write a book about them this time. Instead, saying she wants to write a book about Dewey, who was actually a good man. Sam then asks Sydney if they'll all be okay, and she says yes, 
yes, they'll all be okay. Aww. And that was Scream 5, Scream 2022. Scream <laughs> the new one. Let's let's talk real quick about that title because <laughs> I was discussing this movie with somebody and was like, they should have just called it Scream with a 5 as an S. And they make that joke in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Richie, the guy who ends up being the killer, pretends to not know the Stab movies. So there is a scene where he's, like, watching a YouTube video. Yes. Explaining how bad the last Stab movie was, how it was Stab 8. And they should have just turned the B into an 8. And they didn't. (laughs) And why? (laughs) And this is something that was making the fans angry. Yes, yeah. And also, that scene, so you're bringing bringing that up now, so we should talk about it now. One of the videos that they use, like, this is one of the things that made me wish I'd been in the theater alone, because I would have been like, oh my god, and like, pointing out loud if it had just been me. They uh-huh. show these YouTubers who I watch, they're the dead meat people who do, like, kill count videos on YouTube. Oh, um, that's fun. And that was very funny. I went to, like, go rewatch, they did, like, a tour of the Scream house and other stuff, like, on their channel. But I was like, that is oh. so funny that, like, I know how much those people care about, like, horror movies and stuff. And for them to be uh-huh. featured in this movie, I can't even imagine, like, how excited they are about it. Ugh, uh, and also, it was just like, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> They were actually, like, looking up people who are fans and stuff for that, like, it, it just mm-hmm. gave an added layer of, oh, yeah, the people who made this movie really do give a shit, don't they? That's cool. Yeah. Th- um, it does seem like this movie, like, and... I think that the uh, the opening scene, I guess, just to start from the very beginning, uh-huh. uh, Tara, who seems to be taking on the Drew Barrymore role, talks about how the kind of horror movies she likes are not stab movies, but the Babadook. Yes. And it follows. And the kind of movies that we cover here. Yeah. Because they have thematic resonance. <laughs> they are not just about events happening. And I was like, dude, Tara's my girl. Yeah. Tara would love Scary Basement. Exactly, yes. And I think that's one of the great things, too, is that, like, the screen movies are very fun and entertaining on their own, and they're, like, extra fun for people who like horror. But they're not mm-hmm. trying to be anything more than they are. They're not trying to be, like, I don't know. They're They're not trying to say a bunch of more complicated things, which is fine. Not every movie has to be like Babadook levels of introspection, you know, and they, they're, they know that and they're fine with it. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to have fun with what, what we are. It's a fun time. (laughs) But there's also like, and this is why I was like, oh, we only need one screen movie every 10 years Mm -hmm. because the thing they're dealing with is not anything human. (laughs) It is not about grief as Tara keeps pointing out the Babadook is. It's about horror in general. And, and they're like each in general. Each too. generation, they like take a take stock of what horror is doing and then they make a scream about it. And I love that. I think that's so smart and interesting. Yeah, it's so much fun, especially because like going into this, I rewatch so I rewatched like Scream One maybe six months ago for whatever reason. And then mm-hmm. I was like, Man, you know, I don't really remember sequels that well. So I just slammed rewatching two, three, and four before I went to go mm-hmm. see this movie. Like I literally finished rewatching four maybe forty-five minutes before I went to the theater <laughs> to see Me five. Too. Yeah, hell yeah. That's the way I just, to I do just it, watched honestly. four, but yeah, I did the same thing. Because I didn't remember I remember Screams one, two, and three pretty well. Uh-huh. But Scream Four, it was like I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in that movie. Yeah, there was like a point halfway through, like for the most part, I was like, damn, I can't remember who's the killer. Is it this or this? And then like halfway mm-hmm. through, I was like, oh, okay, I have seen this. I know who that is. Okay, <laughs> this is where we're going. Um, which is also very fun. Like, yeah, the way they're commenting on the genre and like 
movie style and horror movies, horror movies, mm. Hollywood, just all they—they they are the horror aficionados like roller coaster ride is what they kind of feel like. You know, mm. they're trying to do, they're trying to say something about it. Oh, I feel like I'm rambling. I don't know the best way to articulate this beyond what you said already and what like I've said already. But yes, I think that idea of you know every ten years when there's genre shifts or style changes, you know that's usually the best time to comment on it because you've got so much more to talk about. Like, right? Yeah, there's been all these different generations of movies that have come out that have like uh, set different trends, different styles, different storytelling choices. Yeah, and like they haven't announced a sequel, but uh, I'm down for it whenever they do a sequel, if they do. I don't know that I want, again, I don't think I want one for another 10 years. I want, I, I, I'm liking having just watched Scream 4 and Scream 5 back to back. I'm liking this idea of Scream as a snapshot of where horror is now. Yeah. That can just kind of exist in a time capsule. Like, I, I need horror to change more. And the fact that we're kind of, I, I mean, you and I, Roxy, we're pretty lucky that we get to talk about horror in a time when it's like being done really well. There's this level of craft. And, and, and I think the the perfect example for me right now is, um, I'm sure you haven't because you said you haven't been to a movie theater in years, mm-hmm. um, but Licorice Pizza. What? Is, uh, it's a Paul Anderson movie, uh, PT, Paul Thomas Anderson movie uh, that just came out this year. And it's one of my favorite movies of the year. And it's essentially a romantic comedy. Oh, but it is okay. a deeply introspective, complex romantic comedy. It's about like a 15-year-old boy who meets a 25-year-old girl. Okay. And in the way like in this in the sense that like in most romantic comedies, you have Meg Ryan is dating some asshole, and that's like the hurdle, one of the major hurdles that they're gonna have to get over to be together. Mm-hmm. Uh in Licorice Pizza, the hurdle is just like this age dynamic that they both kind of acknowledge like we care about each other and we kind of can't be together and the movie finds like a bunch of really smart interesting like thematically resonant ways to uh articulate this relationship as it like moves through the years so it's just like a much smarter better version of a silly genre thing and we are in a horror era where horror is doing that like we're still just getting uh, uh, scary movies and ghost stories, but they're coming in the form of like a Hereditary or again the Baba Duke, like these mm. movies that aren't satisfied to just be about events. They're uh, it's story and not plot, and we're so lucky. And so for Scream to not only realize that, but do their best to make a movie that is a little more thematically relevant. Yeah. Uh, it's a little closer to, like, the moment I knew that this movie knew what it was doing was when we found out that Tara survived the very first scene. Yes, because that has not happened yet. So it's like flipping. Has never happened. It's flipping not just the genre, but the movie series itself, like, mm-hmm. staple on its head in, like, a much more interesting way. And it's and a I would great also way argue, to set the stage, too. Yeah, no, I would argue that, like, the fact that they took this relationship and, like, the movie was based like functioned off of this relationship these two sisters yes yeah it's the main like and emotional so them, heart of the movie them and dewey right. i would say it's like that therefore the um uh the emotional core of the story wasn't thrown away in the fr- like it was the, it was them saying like we are not thinking about these characters as disposable throwaway nothing yeah like when they die it has consequences and they even make a point, like, at some point, like, Gail Weathers or something is talking to the killer on the phone, and 
or no, it was uh, Sheriff Hicks. And she was like, I've killed two people already. And I was like, oh, this is kind of a low body count. And we get there, you know, yeah. by the end of it. But it was just like, oh, that's very few people because every death thus far has really, really mattered. Yes. And I think that's a big deal, too, with like killing a legacy character. Well, like one of the things that makes Scream 1 through 4 so much fun. I mean, may- maybe at the time when they were coming out, it didn't feel this way. But like, you know, Sydney, Gale and Dewey feel like they have plot armor. So it's like, what are mm-hmm. my friends going to get into in this sure. ridiculous <laughs> journey? This and again, they do play trip. that at the end. Yeah. Even after Dewey is dead, when Sydney and Gale are just like, eh, you want to kill her? I'll kill her. Yeah. And <laughs> also, cares? like, one of the things, this is jumping to the end, but like, uh, Sam has been like stabbed and the knife has been twisted in her gut real bad. Mm-hmm. Gale has been shot in her gut real bad. And Sydney has also been stabbed in the gut real bad. All in the same spot, like the left side of their gut. Um, mm-hmm. And they just, like, patch it up. They, like, put a Band-Aid on it, and they're, like, fine. Yeah. They're not even the ones going to the hospital. <laughs> they're just fine. Because they it's have, one like, of a- those <laughs> things that, like, the scream visual vocabulary is that, like, like, in real life, if you get shot in the shoulder, like, your arm is probably going to stop working. Like, you are uh, going to, you have a strong likelihood of getting infected. <laughs> you could hit an artery that bleeds out. But the vocabulary of movies is getting shot in the shoulder, you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's not your heart. Uh, That's okay. Exactly. Um, and and I think in the vocabulary of Scream, when somebody gets stabbed in the stomach, it's them telling you they're not dead yet. Yeah. And so having, having like that sense of security then like stripped away when they legit killed Dewey, like I was clutching my bag like oh, yeah. in the theater like, oh my God, they actually did it. I was like, is it a fake out? But then they show his face and he is very, very dead. Yeah. And then he, like, the characters has his deal guts with that. fall out or something. It's like. They're, like, making it very clear, it's, like, we have killed that. Yeah, guy. exactly. They want to make sure that it's not something you can go back from. Uh, which is really sad because it's kind of like, he's in a shitty place, and then even though he's in a shitty place, he drags himself out to, like, help these people because that's who mm-hmm. he is, like, as a character. Yeah. Um, so then it's even more sad to see him just, like, die. But, like, that... It, <laughs> Even the killers say, like, yeah, we killed a legacy character. Our movie has stakes. Like, the killers are literally yelling that at one point to be like, look at how good we did. (laughs) I also really loved um, It's Been an Honor, the killer says, as he killed Louie. Exactly, because, like, they understand the stakes of how important this character is and how long they've been around. And, like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're the one who actually gets to kill him. That is a big deal. (laughs) And that's why it's a big deal, too, when, like, that same killer who is Amber, Amber's the one who killed Dewey. She's like, oh, I get to kill Gale, too. I get to do them both. Yeah. And she's, like, maniacally. That actress does such a good job at, like, shifting her face to look, like, so <laughs> demonic when she is just, like, into being the villain. <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about who ultimately ended up being the killers. Because it was this bizarre situation where, like, I was like, no way is Amber the killer. Because they are hinting very strongly that she is the killer. Uh, yeah. And the fact that they, like... The reversal of expectations in this one was that they didn't reverse the expectations. They also take a moment when they first meet Dewey oh my God, where he yes. says, double check that your boyfriend is not the killer. Yeah, and she's like, like how oh, long he hasn't you even seen him? the movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's really funny because they're like, yeah, man, Dewey got it in one. He knew it was me, but you guys didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that's another like good send off for Dewey too. Like he was right. <laughs> 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 let's let's get into a little bit of what ultimately the villainous motivation is and why yeah. like i think this movie is uh works for me so well mm-hmm. the reason the killers are doing this is because they're so angry about what their franchise has become 
And like and toxic. They, hit. they use the word toxic too. Yep. They are toxic fans. Yep. <laughs> and they are um they use a bunch of horror examples, but I think the the example that sticks closest to me is Star Wars. How like toxic fans were so upset that like a Mary Sue was inserted and they get to talk to legacy characters, but also, like, you got to kill them to show that there's stakes. And yeah, but, like, if you had interacted with them too much to mess things up, then, you know, people would have complained, too. It's like they would have mm-hmm. complained no matter what you did, basically. So these characters are out here murdering people <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't like the new movie. And I'm just enamored by it. That is such a, like, frightening, stupid trend. <laughs> it is both frightening yes. and stupid. And the thing is, too, um, if anybody is mad about that choice by the, by like the writers and the director, like that shows then you're you, the problem. Yes, exactly. It shows you that you were the problem because you don't have enough self awareness to understand what is going on here. Right. Uh, it's just like a perfect checkmate. Like, go ahead yeah. and argue that you hate this movie, incel. Like, you're an incel. You can't <laughs> not. Li- Sorry, you either like this movie or you're an incel. <laughs> I don't care what your actual sexual sexual situation is. That's how. That's the math that we're doing yeah it's like basically feeling like they are owed something it's like what fans think they're owed yes and what they're demanding from like you know nothing (laughs) 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 you can like a thing and be disappointed about the way it's going but that doesn't mean you're going to attack like writers or actors Mm -hmm. or like other fans on the internet about about it you know like that's that's the definition of someone who is toxic. You're taking out way too much, feeling like it's the most important thing in the world to you, so everybody else should think it's that important. And also, because it's the most important to you, you are owed some sort of deference from the people who created mm-hmm. it. It's like, no, that's not how that works. Not how it works, buddy. It's really not. Sorry. <laughs> so we're kind of talking about it now. Uh, in terms of like the big idea of the movie, I think it is very much a critique of fan culture. I think there's a lot of... Just, like, loving homage to the kinds of horror movies that are coming out now. Again, Yeah, the, and the movies that came before it. Like, I feel like they and, paid and so the much. Movies, yeah. yeah, I feel like specifically they paid so much respect to the Scream franchise. And, I mean, I in case you guys can't tell, I really like this movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was very <laughs> good. Uh, so I felt like they, they paid a lot of attention. They really gave a shit. But then also, yeah, Mikey, as you're talking about greater commentary as a whole on like horror as a genre and horror right now it also feels very Mm -hmm. like respectful and reflective of that too what would you say is the the again what we always talk about like the deep human fear that this movie is poking at what is scary about ghostface and this uh these games he plays over the phone with teenagers and also jumping out from when they open up the refrigerator (laughs) oh my god okay we'll have to talk about that too at some point that entire scene in the middle of the movie i think for our character's journey like for sam her whole deal is like not letting her past determine her present and then to Mm. an extent kind of accepting that when like her (laughs) illusion her like vision of her ghost father tells her there's a knife there go get it and fucking stab the shit out of this person who is trying to kill you, and she does it. Yeah. So, like, it is very brutal, and I love that they did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it also shows that she's, to an extent, like, accepting a part of, like, mm-hmm. that that is a part of herself and moving forward as well. Right. She's being made whole by the end of that movie. Yes, exactly. So I think that's kind of, like, the character arc. But if we're talking about, like, the kind of meta idea of it, too, I think to a degree... 
that's also happening as well. Like, I feel like they gave a good send-off to the legacy characters while setting up what could be the franchise-like direction. You know, Mm -hmm. like, those two sisters, their dynamic, that feels like there's a lot they could dig into or twist or change or work with. Mm -hmm. Um, It really feels like, like, Sydney and Gail are, they they did their part, they passed the torch, and that's (laughs) it. Um, so I think, I, I don't know if thematic is really the best description. I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, Mikey? I think maybe I don't have the clearest idea of that on a meta level, I guess. Would you say that I would guess be for, a big idea or just that's a thing it did? No, you're exactly right. That it, That is very much like the idea of this. I would say the core thematic of this movie is so meta that it's like hard to pin down because yes. it's just about like floating through the world and also acknowledging that Scream and... and now named stab is a part of the world also um and i think they do a really great job of that for me what's so scary and something they get into a little bit with like the tara and sam relationship the sister relationship at the core Mm -hmm. is this idea that any one of your friends could be the killer and you could be having this casual conversation with your friend and they're secretly thinking about how they're going to kill you yes yeah and I think all and of I them do like the- deal with that, right? Because, like, that's the thing, that the killer is always one of the people in the friend group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, to me, it gets into, like, a little bit of, like, conspiracy theories. There's almost this virus of fear that starts affecting you and starts affecting your relationships. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I feel like we see this with, like, QAnon and anti-vaxxers. It's just, mm-hmm. like, when you let these ideas percolate inside of you, like... If if you're a hammer, the whole world's a nail. And if you live in Woodsboro, the whole world's a killer. Like, yeah. that's scary. That's scary to me, this idea that we could, like, lose ourselves. And I think what was so beautiful to me about the moment where Sam reveals she actually let Tara go yes. to cut her free uh-huh. is, like, she rejected that fear. She said, you are trying to impregnate me with this idea, and I say no, and I am my own person. Yes. I yeah. like that a lot. I do like that, what too. It sure is. Roxy, I got a question for you. All right. What What is your question? Uh, Stab 8. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, in the movie universe, Stab was bad enough that it made Richie and Amber kill all their friends. Uh-huh. I'm wondering, is there a movie for you that maybe wouldn't make you that mad? <laughs> <laughs> but what movie sequel most upset you for how bad it was? So... I, I'm not sure if this is just because it's the most recent example to me. It, I might be like 3 a.m. and be like, oh, actually, I should have said this. But I think mm-hmm. for me right now, it's a uh, Halloween Kills, which we did an entire <laughs> podcast about. It was very disappointing for me for reasons that we talked about for, I don't know, an hour and a half. Yeah. I can rehash <laughs> it here. But uh, M- Mikey, what about you? What is the uh, sequel that made you the most upset? I, I want I want there to be like a little Stan Lee box. Like, for more on this, see Scary Basement number seventeen. <laughs> was it episode? I don't remember 17? what number it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the movie that hurt my feelings the most was. It, <laughs> listen, I to be clear, am an incel. Uh, it was Star Wars: <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Star Wars: Rise of S- Skywalker hurt my feelings that's a the, lot. That's the third like, one, right? That's yeah. That's okay. the uh, the ninth one. Gotcha. The most recent. Sorry, Star Wars sorry. Yes, in the trilogy, movie. the new trilogy, it is the third one. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, it is uh weirdly a movie that is just about how bad the last movie of the series was, and 
I'm it generally so much time okay referencing that or doing that instead of being its own thing. Yeah. Sorry. Well, go ahead. Yes, Sorry. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> no, you're you're not wrong. That does suck. It is wasting a lot of time saying like, oh, the thing we said, not true. It's like, it, uh, <laughs> I know I said your parents were nobodies, but actually it's this They're main somebody's. character from the Star Wars yeah. franchise. <laughs> um, going to improv classes and shows for as many years as I have, it's like, no, no, no. You don't get to just say what the last guy said is not real. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to do that. Like. <laughs> A good creative partner listens to that and then makes decisions based off of that. So that pissed me off. The reason I'm actually not an incel is because I really loved The Last Jedi. I think that's a beautiful movie that is about, like, smashing the conventions of Star Wars and that it has built over all this time that Rey is not a Star Wars character. She is not a Skywalker. She's not a, a Palpatine. Yeah. Uh, she's not a Solo. She's just her own person. And that kind of person can inspire others yes, to like you can, fight for good. Like greatness can come from anywhere is what it feels like the theme of that is. And yes. I think that is beautiful. And then it smashes that beautiful theme to just be like, no, actually having like a cool name that is really important <laughs> is actually the most important thing. So if you don't have an important name, you're a nobody, actually. Mm -hmm. So everybody yeah. watching this, you're a nobody. Does that make you right. feel good? No, it doesn't. <laughs> really? It doesn't. You're exactly right. <laughs> That's what this shit movie tells us. <laughs> okay. And also, Which, now like, that we're and talking so about like, this, can I change my answer to be the same movie? <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. It's Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Okay. That movie sucks. <laughs> if it had just been that, but like in its own way, awesome, that would have been fine. But yeah. it's also just like really dumb. <laughs> like, like they will uh, kill Chewbacca. Like, they'll, Chewbacca gets on a ship and the ship explodes, and then like half a scene later, they're like, uh, Chewbacca was on the other ship. He's fine. Oh, Don't yeah, worry. yeah, that's right. And I was like. God, I watched so much of that movie, and it's like, I, I'm i not someone who is really invested in that new trilogy as much, so I think that's probably why this didn't come to mind, because, like, like I said, I do think the themes of the second movie in that series are great, but, like, it didn't really hit for me, even from the first movie. Like, it was fine, I was gonna make sure I watched it, um, <laughs> but, yeah, to, like, do that, <laughs> like, but I just, just one-off things point like out. that. Like, it, it can still get me heated about it. <laughs> just thinking it's, about it. It's upsetting. But to be clear, Roxy, you and I have no intentions of killing anyone to get a better Star Wars sequel. Oh, no, definitely not. Right? Now I just okay. realized this could be a manifesto. <laughs> Are you guys going to do a uh, ghost face murder? Or Darth Vader? Well, we would have to know. do a... Uh, Darth Vader, right? We would have to dress up as a, a General Snoke. Okay. And... Uh, Start corrupting people to the dark side. We're getting too far into the meta. Roxy, <laughs> on a scale of one to nine, because the number 10 does not exist in the scary basement, how likely do you think the events of Scream 2022 are to happen in real life? So I I said five out of nine, Redditors teaming up to do a murder. And the reason why <laughs> it is five out of nine and not like nine out of nine, because like not every Redditor teams up to do a murder. And mostly because these movies are about being more like movie savvy instead of real world savvy. Hmm. So they're like a comment on horror in general, general, but not so much comment of like what people actually do <laughs> in real life in that way. Um, that's, that's a good point. Redditors complain online. They don't do anything in the real world. For the most part, yeah, but then you're going to have one who's will from time to time, and then that's a fucking <laughs> nightmare. Um, yeah, I said nine. I think it's going to happen. I think I, fandom is gross. And specifically, again, this is I have no plans to do any actual murders. This <laughs> disclaimer. Idea, overall uh, disclaimer. <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, 
But I do like this idea of looking at your lens and being so pop culture poisoned of looking at your life through the lens of this is uh, for me, it was sitcoms and not horror movies. But like looking at your life through the lens of the entertainment you love so much. Oh, yes. And just being like so fucked up that you can't like acknowledge real life. You're just like, but it's actually storytelling. Ooh, we're doing a uh, 30 Rock. This is like a 30 Rock when like I did that. For a long time. Yes, you sure did. I think that's one of the first <laughs> things I knew about you when I met you in college. Uh, it's right. like, yeah, I, this is like season one of my college <laughs> uh, arc. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It, um, but it, I for think me, was it, a, a form of like emotional distancing. If, like, if, distancing, so, if a girl okay. breaks up with me, it's not about like uh, this sad thing that happened to me. It's about the writers putting me through my paces and leading me to a much grander love story couple seasons down the line. Okay, see, I thought it was the opposite, which is, like, making more meaning out of these things that happen. Mm. Like, it it makes it feel like your life ha- has more meaning, that there is more meaning to the events that happen. Like, oh, yeah, this did happen because later down the line something else is going to, like, reflect or comment or come full mm-hmm. circle on this or something. I think that like, it is a little bit of that in the sense of, like, it, it's about control. It's about, like, yeah. feeling that my life isn't arbitrary and meaningless, yes, which is exactly. now closer to how I believe... Uh, yeah, the world functions. It, yes. Like, you, you don't have control over everybody or anything. Like, most people barely have control over, like, what happens to them as an individual, you know, let alone mm-hmm. the events around them. Sure. So, it, and that's it can both be, good and bad. Yes, like, it can it's be bad comforting, that, like, but then you also don't confront it. Like you said, it's, it's mm-hmm. bad. Well, there's also, like, thinking about, like, for these horror movie characters, like, they're never going to win the lottery and get a pool. <laughs> Like, like, nothing really weird and good is ever going to happen to them. Yeah. And nothing really weird and bad is ever going to happen to them. They're not going to, like, default on, like, their private loans and then go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) They have a very limited range of what can happen to them, good or bad. And in horror movies, it's live or die. Yeah. And in sitcoms, it's uh, go on a date or uh, your boss gets mad at you because you cooked a bad dinner when he came over for dinner like there's there's so few things that can possibly happen and real life is so much more varied than that yes i could simultaneously default on my student loans win the lottery and uh, get a kiss from a pretty girl on the same day like life is weird weird things happen all the time and yeah. i think that's more beautiful than living in the world of sitcoms or horror movies don't you roxy yeah, 110%. <laughs> I wish this was a visual medium when you have an expression that intense and delivery that intense. You guys, everybody <laughs> listening to this lost out. So that's just for me. <laughs> I, did, I, I did jerk my head around a weird it amount so, when I, it was when so I said emphatic. that. I wouldn't say it's weird. It just uh, it, it hit your point home. It did what it needed to do, Mikey. Boy, did it. Uh, you said Roxy, the line last in the sitcom week, to get it there. <laughs> that's a good call. <laughs> Uh, last week, we made a bet about Scream 2022. Yes, we did. So the bet was, uh, what number is the killer build in the end credits? So, Mikey, you said... Eighth billing. And I said six. So... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> there was some discrepancy with this, and I'll tell you guys why I'll set it up. It's very important. Um, So when mm-hmm. the end of the movie came around, I was, like, so blown away. My mind was just full of the movie that when they started doing the end credits with, like, the characters' faces in, like, slow-mo with their name credit by it, um, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be keeping track of this. I forgot. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure, I think, Richie was number four, and Amber mm-hmm. was number seven. 
in that mm-hmm. order. But then after that like freeze frame credit sequence goes, then we've got the end credits, which is just uh like top billing kind of. So like Nev Campbell is number one, even though she's not the first one to show up and she's not the main character in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from like IMDb, it says that Richie is number five and then Amber is number six. Mm-hmm. So, so the truth is, by all available metrics, you win. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> because you said six, so if it's fifth and six, you got it right, and you were only one off, and I was multiple off. If it's fourth and seventh, then we tied on Amber, but you still get the point for Richie. So you did it. Congrats, Roxy. <laughs> Thanks, Mikey. I'm so happy and honored to have won this week. It's been an honor. <laughs> I think, Roxy, what's going to end up happening is at some point, Demon Bot is going to say that the bet points are due. Yes. And we are going to have to turn it in. And and I don't know what's going to happen then, and I'm scared about it. He might just be like, uh, sorry, whoever lost, whoever has the least amount of bet points today has to live their life as a worm for a month. And like, that's scary. That's yeah. a scary thing I don't want to deal with. And like, when is that hammer going to drop? When's that other shoe going to drop? Anytime. We don't know. It could, it could be when... When we die, it could be arbitrary. It could be an anniversary. It could be Demon Bot's birthday because he feels like treating himself to carnage on (laughs) our account. Who knows? Roxy, we are walking around in a guillotine. And at any moment, that cord could be pulled. I think that's what he wants, and I don't like it. Spooky. (laughs) Anyway, the total bet score right now. Roxy, you are crushing it with 12. Yeah, yeah. I am five down, seven. It's 12 to seven and one tie. So... Uh, let's hope and pray. Uh, yeah, step it up, Mikey, or, or I'm gonna have to start intentionally oh. throwing these things. <laughs> Here comes Demon Bot, clomping over, presumably to give us a new movie. Congratulations, you have successfully reviewed Scream. Your souls are safe for another week. For next week, you must review the 2016 film Nine Cloverfield Lane, directed by Dan Trachtenberg and starring John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and John Gallagher Jr. Yes, I understand the film is not called Nine Cloverfield Lane, but the number 10 does not exist in the scary basement. Regardless, if you do not watch the film, your souls shall be forfeit and I will claim your bodies as my own. Okay, so Roxy, we gotta watch for next week Nine Cloverfield Lane. Nine Cloverfield Lane. Okay, yes, I know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, we don't have to say it again. The, the rule is established. <laughs> Demon Blood is very much a strickler about this. We can't even say the number anymore, and uh, we can't. No, it, it, it Unless, makes me feel and, like and, there's a prequel to this movie, and I wish there was because uh, <laughs> it's fun, and I want more of it. Sure. So let's make a bet for next week. We're going to watch Nine Cloverfield Lane. I remember, I I have seen this movie, um, but it was a very long time ago. Same, it was like around release. One thing that stuck with me is I know it it takes place entirely in a bunker and there's a character who walks around with a gun on his hip. Mm, So mm -hmm. in honor of Anton Chekhov, whose birthday is today, Roxy, did you know that? Oh, is it? Okay. No, I just made that up. (laughs) I have no idea when his birthday is. (laughs) Because that's amazing. But in honor, (laughs) in honor of Anton Chekhov, that gun we know is going to fire at some point in the movie. How many total gunshots do you think take place in Nine Cloverfield Lane? So it's been a while since I've seen it, um, but I remember like any shooting that happens, like feels very specific. So I'm gonna go low and say two. Two. I will say three. 
I feel like I remember him waving that gun around and unloading at some point. Okay. Yeah. I think I, right. I got a good feeling. You're probably going to win this next one. I hope so. I need it. <laughs> the pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. The one who is closest to the number of gunshots shall be declared the winner. The loser will be trapped in an underground bunker isolated from the outside world. Wait, no, I already do that to you every week. Well, the winner gets a candy, I guess. I don't know. Roxy, let's end this venture into the scary basement, as we always do, with what's making us happy. What's making you happy this week? Uh, so the thing that made me happy this week is actually the experience of going to see this movie itself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> good, good. I, it was like on, uh, well, also like the experience surrounding it, basically. So it was a Friday. Mm -hmm. I went to like a matinee movie. I almost had the theater to myself. But like the people, there was like a couple in there who were like further behind me. So I couldn't even see them. So it like felt like I was the only one in the theater. And also just like I had never gone to a movie by myself before. This was like the first time I went mm. to a movie on my own, which maybe seems weird for someone my age who was reviewing <laughs> movies as a podcast <laughs> but like at first i was like man am i gonna like feel really lame or like really uncomfortable by this and i was like no i feel empowered by that i'm doing this thing on my own and then it was like at yeah. at a mall so i was like i'm gonna go shop at a mall i bought a fucking ghost face t-shirt at hot topic like a cool teen <laughs> i don't give a fuck and then afterwards I discovered there was, like, a new bakery that had opened at that mall because it had been so long since I'd been there. And it was, like, this delightful Korean bakery. And I picked out, like, I don't know, eight different cool little breads to try. And then, like, three <laughs> of those was my dinner when I got back. And that that was wonderful. I had, like, a great day. I remember walking to my car being like, what a great day this was. I was having a really shitty, crappy morning. And I had no mm -hmm. idea I was going to be having so much fun by the end of this day. So this good job, great. me. Roxy. <laughs> You bucked yourself up. I sure did. Uh, what about you, Mikey? The, the, the reason I laughed so hard when you said what was making you happy was because yours was about Scream and mine is also about Scream. Oh my god! What a delay! <laughs> we Look both at this. went meta for the uh, Scream that's making us happy. Who knew? Mine, what's making me happy is Scream 4. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and in a broader sense, movies in general. Yeah. Because I... Love the first three Scream movies so, so much. But like Scream 4, I definitely saw in theaters when it came out, oh, but I didn't real? really remember it. Okay. And so I was like, I, I had kind of a similar situation where I had to go to the theater to see Scream. And I was just like, I got to watch Scream 4 before I do it. And it was kind of daunting to me. It's something we've talked about uh, not in the scary basement, but before. It's like, I kind of get stressed out knowing how long something is, so I'm much mm. more likely to start just like a 10-minute YouTube video and then watch eight hours of YouTube, uh -huh. as opposed to sitting down to watching a two-hour movie, because a two-hour movie feels daunting. Yeah, and you're but, like, ahead of time saying you were giving in that time investment. So it's like, if there's anything exactly, else I had yes. to do, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very much about like, the I have the potential to, for 10 minutes, watch a YouTube video and then go be productive to go do yoga or something. Yeah. But I'm not likely to do that. What happened to me yesterday night when I watched Scream 4 and then immediately after Scream 5, I was like, movies rule. And I should be less afraid to just like watch a movie because it was really, really fun to watch two movies in a row. Hell yeah. And I was like driving home and was like, I'm going to watch a third movie. And I didn't. I fell asleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> but well, I'm like, hey. 
I have a movie that like uh, kind of ties into a thing I'm writing right now. And I had this, I, I remember this movie that I hadn't seen in a long time, uh, Burn After Reading. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, okay. And it's one of like, very much one of the lesser Coen Brothers movies, but it's very weird and funny. And I was just like, I love that movie and I'm really excited to watch it. And so I'm going to watch it after we record here. This is, it's, or after we get out of the scary basement, we have to keep canon. Uh, <laughs> But I was just like thinking about how much I love movies and I've been watching a ton of them lately and I'm writing one. And Which just is like, crazy a, and wonderful. What a good art form. <laughs> what a good art form. Hell yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get out of here. Let's go watch Burn After Reading. All right. Let's <laughs> see. I've actually world. never seen that. So cool. Let's go do that. Each week, Roxy, the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door to keep us from escaping. And yet each week we still escape. This week... The guardsman of the basement. Let's just take a little look at what's out there. <clears throat> what do you see? Oh, Roxy, it's a minotaur. Okay. It's a big fat minotaur with a big fat axe. Have we, is this the same minotaur? Have we run into this minotaur before? We've been down here so long, I don't even know. We have definitely, we have run into minotaurs before. They're okay. <laughs> definitely a monster I'm familiar with. Okay. But this minotaur is huge and lumbering. So we're going to defeat him, Roxy. Okay. With quickness. That sounds good. That's usually my favorite, like, class to pick. In I've been running a lot lately. Have you? <laughs> um, no. Actually. Doesn't sound like it. Okay, okay. well, bye! God damn it, Mikey, no! <laughs> wow, he's really fast, though. <laughs>